The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. If my voice sounds awful, it's because I've been sick the last few days and now the entire country is being dumped on with terrible weather. And we will go through that. And in the in the process and tradition of being of being washed, we will all talk about the weather. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. I'm sitting here in Los Angeles where it is just raining nonstop. Uh, Mansoor Shaheen is back with us. And now I have to play two intro musics because Jeremy isn't here. So first off, Mansoor Shaheen. Hello. I get those goosebumps every time you, you come around. Yeah. Hi, Mansoor. Uh, <laughs> getting there before your drop. How you been? Pretty good. Oh, yeah. I forgot to wait for the drop. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's snowing. I can't leave my house. Well, I can, but I'll probably like catch frostbite. So interesting end to winter break. But yeah, that's how, that's how you do it. You're the deputy editor of Pride of Detroit, and you're coming in because Jeremy is gone. You've taken his spot now. Yep, this is my that's podcast what? now. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock god. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Rock God is back in the house. How you doing, Ryan? An honest-to-goodness professional. I'm also a veteran of this stuff, so that's why I know how to wait for the drop. Shaheen, uh-huh. you'll get there someday. <laughs> you're the only two with drops. You're the only two with drops. You're like the ones I have to worry about all the time. You have to worry about us. You no, should I have embrace to, I have to us. remember. I, I'm, that's not what I mean. You're making. You should. Me you should. You should embrace us like Bill Belichick embraces his son Steve Belichick. Can we talk about this before <laughs> we get into anything else about Steve Belichick? How how we have discovered that Bill is living vicariously through his son. I mean, Rutgers. so I was gonna say so, like by proxy, just because. I mean, we can we can get into a little bit of other news real quick about how the Packers were able to uh, to sign up Nathaniel Hackett to be their offensive coordinator. Yeah, we're talking offensive coordinators and NFL playoffs in this podcast, but go on, Ryan. Yeah, so I mean, by proxy, going on to the Patriots uh, coaches, uh, th- their website and looking at their coaching staff to try to figure out who their wide receivers coach who has been kind of linked to Detroit just because of, you know, being Patriots West, but like we see that it's Chad O'Shea and I could not imagine having an offensive coordinator with the name Chad. 
because that'll just be a trip in and of itself. But then I stumble upon Steve Belichick as the safeties coach. And this man was built and constructed in a lab by Bill Belichick. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Let's can we roll down the list here? He went to Rutgers. Check. Check. He played lacrosse. Check. He was a walk on as a long snapper. Is that right? <laughs> yes, he was a long snapper to help in preparations for a career in coaching, according to the website. And what did he what other positions did he play, Ryan? Well, he in, in high school at the River School in Weston, Massachusetts, he was a three year starter at linebacker, tight end and fullback. This guy is is the, if you're looking for the cipher to Bill Belichick's approach to all things, look to Steve Belichick, look to his son, Steve. He has everything here. Everything is here. Everything that we associate with the Patriot way right there. And Steve Belichick, why are the Lions not hiring him? He's an to be their coordinator. Yeah, as their next <laughs> offensive coordinator. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. He, he, played, he played tight end and fullback. Perfect. Oh my. It's yeah. Like the perfect like ground and pound trash. We've been pushing the past few years anyways. I just really go, go into it. it. Let's go could for you, it. Could you imagine if Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn requested to interview Bill's son <laughs> for the offensive coordinator job? <laughs> would he let them? Like, would he... Would he physically let his kid get on that plane? Request denied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of request denied and all things else, let's start by talking about offensive coordinators. Before we jump into that, though, uh, and again, not to turn away too fast from Steve Belichick, because I'm still laughing about this. This has been a funny day already. We'll come back to Steve in a bit. Um, First off, before we uh, jump into the latest news, I should start with some other news about uh, another Lions coach, Jim, former coach Jim Caldwell, got a, uh, a Dolphins job. Is that right? Yep, <clears throat> senior advisor or something on offense. Oh, okay. So one of the coordinator. So basically, like what we were doing for a while, just making up titles for people to like join the staff so they can get a paycheck. I wish someone would do that for me. I wish someone would do that for me. I think. I think Caldwell's role in Miami could be important though, because isn't he like a quarterback yeah. guru and all that? And they're potentially gonna they're gonna I mean they're gonna draft a new guy. So I think having a quarterback guru guru in the building is like pretty big. Um and uh, maybe he isn't the best offensive coordinator. The Lions offense was good under him, but not perfect. But I like that hire for Miami actually. Mm-hmm. If he's doing what I think he's doing, which is like just working with the quarterback in a non quarterback coach role. I mean, we've seen it, right? Like Stafford had two of his best years under Caldwell. Yeah. Yeah, he really did. And I think when we were trying to have that discussion about who was most responsible for that uptick in his performance, we were trying to parse it out and figure out which coach was mo- most responsible. I don't know. I, I feel like Jim Caldwell like ultimately deserved a lot of the credit. Because remember, we went yeah. through the whole like, you know, Stafford doesn't want a quarterback coach and this, that, and the other thing. And that was when Jim Caldwell kind of came, came to Detroit. And I mean, he, he really, you know, fixed the turnover problem. And I mean, at least throwing the interceptions fumbles have always been a problem for Matthew Stafford. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of down to hands though, but yeah. Uh, Let's see. Also news today, um, as the lions continue to be without an offensive coordinator. And the reason why we're on this right now, uh, the Green Bay Packer, Packers have just hired Nathaniel Hackett, former Jaguars offensive coordinator. He's now the Packers OC. And that's another name off the board here for Detroit, man, sir, for uh, someone to fill Jim Bob Cooter's shoes. So what do you what do you make of Hackett going to the Packers? 
Um, I think I tweeted like last week, but I like loved what Hackett did in Jacksonville. I think he was only fired as like a scapegoat to save Doug Marone because the Jaguars sucked, but the Jaguars offense was just devoid of talent. They have Blake Bortles quarterback. None of their receivers are people that you've really like heard of or care for or like DJ Chark. Um, and Leonard Fournette's not really a good running back, but he made the offense move. They had that incredible game against the Patriots. Um, they kind of did the they had the great game against Steelers in the last year's playoffs. They did the most with like the little they had, and I give him Aaron Rodgers and like that talent. And I think the Packers are like really dangerous now. Now they have like competent play calling on offense and good game planning. So good for the Packers, very bad for us. Uh, Ryan, I think you were a were you a fan of Hackett when we last talked about offensive coordinators? Yeah, I mean, I was in on the Hackett train for a lot of the reasons, you know, Monster just kind of laid out. But he he also kind of seemed like the last guy that the Lions were linked to that I was like legitimately interested in. I mean, we we've we've crossed off quite a few coaches since the last time we had a podcast. But like Sarkeesian, it you know took the job for Alabama. Uh, Todd Monken joined the Browns uh, coaching staff uh, as an offensive coordinator, but without like any play calling responsibilities. And now Hackett's going to the Packers. I, I'm really upset actually that Hackett's going to the Packers because the last thing that the Packers needed was like a boost in their play calling and scheming. That was the last thing they needed. They already have all the t- talent in the world <laughs> at the quarterback position. So and yeah, they'll, get it, they'll get it figured out. And it, it doesn't spell well for Detroit because at this point, Monster, I think you like even included this like in your tweet when you threw out your Nathaniel Hackett article, but like the Lions are 100% going to hire somebody who worked at Syracuse with Matt Patricia or it's going to be one of Bob Quinn's friends. Yeah, it's it's going to, there's waiting for the Patriots to be eliminated from the playoffs or in the Super Bowl or something. And then they're probably going to hire someone from there because the only three names you're linked to are the three names we've already mentioned. No one else, like we haven't interviewed or even like thought about anyone else apparently. Yeah. I so just, I just went, I just went and updated our coaching search tracker. All three, all, all the names on there have basically been crossed off. There's nothing else. <laughs> Patriot now then, or yeah, yeah that's to be the only thing left. Yeah, it's going to I mean, with that in mind, like, I mean, who who is who who's up next for the Lions to look at? Um, probably Chad, <laughs> Chad O'Shea, Chad uh, O'Shea, <laughs> Patriots receiver <laughs> coach, which I mean, I don't know about because I've never like seen the guy being offensive coordinator before, so I don't know if it's a good or bad hire, but him being a receiver coach might mean he focuses a lot on the passing game. But also, like, the fact that we're once again dipping into, like, the Patriots well is kind of worrying because it might mean that we didn't hire the best offensive coordinator. We hired Bob Quinn's favorite person or maybe Matt Patricia's favorite person. And I'm not saying, like, Chad O'Shea's bad offensive coordinator. I'm just saying we don't know. And there is always, like, the risk that we're just hiring people because Matt Patricia likes them and not because they are the best people available for the job, which is not, like, the best way to run a football team. Can we also talk about kind of the sad state of what Patriots wide receivers have been for a pretty long time. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think they've gotten relatively good production out of the receivers, but I'm wondering if that's more so like scheme more than anything with like Edelman and Welker and some of the other talents they've had come through. But like, I, I don't know. I, I really think we're down to like 
very limited options because I don't even think Shane Waldron is probably even available after the Bengals hired away Zach Taylor to be their head coach. So I, I think that he's a name that you can like ostensibly cross off because I don't think the Rams are going to want to let him go. Um, also, there's yeah. sorry. Gossi, our quarterbacks coach, um, I wouldn't be a fan of that hire, but I know there was a very early report that he was a guy that the Lions were thinking about promoting, but I figured that would have happened already if we were going to promote him. Yeah, the Lions have just been, they've been weirdly tight-lipped about everything. Like, the only thing, the only thing we've gotten in terms of news has been, like, residual stuff in, like, Albert Breer articles, (laughs) like, (laughs) Monday morning quarterback garbage. I don't know. It's... It's frustrating, especially as especially as you see like all of the you know all of the seats get filled, like all the chairs are filling up in musical chairs, and we're gonna be left without one, and we're gonna be stuck with our quarterback coach. It's gonna be yeah, especially especially ex- yeah. Sorry, um, especially since like as you alluded to with the Packers, like they're not gonna stay down forever. Not it's when not, you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. No, no, really, and like. This is kind of the same thing I was frustrated with when we were looking at the Bears in the past couple of years, too. Like, the Bears were down. It was fun to kick them while they were down. But clearly, they they had a plan, and they put it in place to get back on their feet pretty quickly. And then you look at the Lions, and you wonder, like, how long this is going to take when everyone else seems to just be, you know, gearing up and reloading at such a breakneck speed. For the Packers, it was a matter of, like, addition by subtraction. I mean, if you got right. rid of if you got rid of McCarthy, like that was just going to be a benefit in and of itself. So, it, it like it doesn't seem like their climb was very uphill. Where it just seems like the Lions are at the bottom of the NFC North, trying to gain traction, and who knows what they're going to do at offensive coordinator. I just hope it. I, I hope it needs to be the right hire because if it's the wrong hire, it's really going to hurt this team. So with that in mind, like, I mean, we keep asking ourselves what we want to see out of a Lions offensive coordinator, but at this point, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to wring blood from the stone at this point. Like, what else do we have to say about the offensive coordinator thing? But I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, it's depressing kind of looking at just how quickly these, these chairs are being filled up. And once again, the Lions just don't seem to be moving at the same pace as everyone else. Well, so, Monster, do you think that it's – do you think that it's troubling that they haven't found a guy while while all these you know other coaches get swooped up for other opportunities elsewhere, or do you think that the Lions are really kind of just waiting to find like their quote unquote right guy, or they already have like a guy in mind and they're just waiting to hire him because he, you know, might be part of that Patriots I feel, I feel like they were just going for a Patriots guy. So, like like I said in the, the tweet that you mentioned, like no matter what, the end was going to be a Patriots person and Hackett. I think he has a Syracuse link, but. He's not a Patriots person. Um, Monken isn't a Patriots guy. Sarkeesian isn't a Patriots guy. Chad O'Shea is a Patriots guy. We're, I think that was just what it was going to be always. But I was hoping maybe we could grab an offensive coordinator who's more proven and can work well with a quarterback and isn't like from this weird tree that we always have. This I From the same well that we always keep dipping into. And it's disappointing that we haven't hired anyone yet. But I think it's not su- actually that surprising we haven't grabbed anyone since the Patriots are still in the playoffs. But I mean, and we're going to be talking about NFL playoffs in a second, like, but I, I keep going back and forth about this. Cause yeah, we, we see you take a guy out of Foxborough and it's never been good. And yet some, you know, the Patriots obviously just keep plowing away. They immediately, they obliterated the chargers this weekend. 
Sorry. So I don't I don't think O'Shea would particularly be bad though. Like I don't like that we're only hiring Patriots guys if we hire O'Shea, but I think what you guys mentioned earlier about like the Patriots kind of having bad receivers, he's done the he's kind of done the most with them. Like the Patriots yeah, he's had to work with minus, like Philip Minus Gordon yeah. and Cooks, they haven't really had much talent there, but they've played well. So if he can translate that across the Lions offense or at least into our passing game, that's good. But I just don't like that we keep hiring Patriots people instead of like, you know, hiring anyone who's just can do the job the best. Yeah, so I just looked up I just wanted to look up the receiving numbers. Like he's gotten I mean, come on, stupid thing. I mean, Julian Edelman leads it and then like Josh Gordon right after that. I mean, but you got at least 500 yards out of Chris Hogan this year. So who's washed. So that's really good. Yeah. So uh, you want to just take a quick break here and start talking about something that is moving along and that is the NFL playoffs. Yes. And you yes. Say that. <laughs> we are taking a break and when we, we will come right back on the pride of Detroit POD cast talking about the NFL playoffs happening from the year we didn't have from last weekend. We didn't get to talk too much about the wild card round last time. This time though, we're talking divisional round. Be right back. Back again on the pride of Detroit POD cast. Um, if we sound off our game, or kind of like spooked. It's because we're we're kind of we're we're looking at the spread that the Clemson players are getting right now for their White House visit, and uh, we're 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 in awe. <laughs> Not it's to dive the- into politics, but like there's there's something about seeing like a thousand burgers just laid out from Wendy's and Burger King and McDonald's. Perfectly American. We've been what were you so, gonna say? We've been so conditioned. <laughs> at first i was like chris hayes i can't believe that you feel like you can house a couple big macs right now but the more i watch videos and the more i look at pictures the more <laughs> i'm ready to hop in the car and yeah. do something i'm gonna regret i'm going to the government right after this i mean with the government shut down i can't put in a foyer request to find out how many people are actually eating the filet of fish but i really want to know i count at least 42 <laughs> filet of fish sandwiches right there and i need i need to know this is real journalism. Real honest to goodness journalism. Is this is this what it's going to be like for the Super Bowl winning team? Assuming he does, oh, doesn't like disinvite them again. I really hope it is. Jared Goff shows up and they make him eat Big Macs. Do you think do you think it would be like do you think that he he purposefully laid out this spread because they were college football players, but for like professionals, he'll like get like Kadoba catered or something. <laughs> that, that's the upgrade <laughs> <of> Kudoba. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think he'd order Mexican. You don't think oh, yeah. so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, what if, what if he got a bunch of subway sandwich artists to make, <laughs> make NFL players their own subs? <laughs> Make them look like you know. Remember when Marcus Mariota got like his head, like when the subway put together that head that looked like Marcus Mariota's head, oh, yeah. but out of subway sandwiches. Oh, something like that. Gracious. I'm sorry, this is a weird timeline. Speaking of the weird timeline, let's talk about the playoffs, which saw um pretty much the chalk moving forward. I think. I think it was pretty much 
everyone we expected to move forward. But I don't know. Like, what have you guys thought about these playoffs so far? Because outside of like a couple games, it's really not really been too interesting. There have been some stinkers, but I think overall it's been great. The Saints, both NFC games this weekend were really good. Well, okay, yeah, both- Eagles Saints was good. I don't know if I'd call the Cowboys one that good. The Rams kind of beat the beat the hell out of them. I guess, but I felt like it never it never felt like the Rams are really like fully in control, like the Patriots were against the Chargers, or even the okay. Chiefs against the Chiefs against the um who'd they play? The Colts, Colts, where like they scored a touchdown on the first drive and it just fell over. Like the Rams, it never felt like that until right at the end. See, I guess, but like I saw them put 17 points on the Cowboys in the second quarter, and I just kind of called it a wrap at that point. That's fair, I, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's it's your mileage may vary. So, like, what was the most interesting game you thought from the weekend, then, Mansur? For me, um, well, I'm a Rams fan, so <laughs> that one. <laughs> but the most interesting one was probably the Eagles game, like. From like a neutral standpoint, that was probably like the best football game. But I enjoyed the Rams game a lot. That one was fascinating. The Eagles had so many chances to win that game too. And I'm really not sure how much I put stock into New Orleans that, you know, the Eagles like were a few throws away from beating them. But I don't know. What'd you think, Brian? Um, the game that I think I enjoyed the most from the weekend was I, I want to say it was, I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch Eagles Saints at all. I heard that the beginning was exciting. The middle was kind of blah, but then the ending was, was a good one. But I, I did, I did enjoy watching like the Chiefs and Colts games for like a different reason. Like there were some people, <clears throat> Kyle Yost, who thought like the Colts actually set a chance against the Chiefs because they forgot that they were the Colts and the Colts also <laughs> don't have Patrick Mahomes on their team. So I don't know. It was just funny to me that the, the the first way that the Colts finally get on the board is through a blocked punt. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that's how the that's how the Colts are going to score today. And like mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, like this is this is your savior. This is your savior who can't score <laughs> against the the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Is like, this your man's? <laughs> is, this your, is this your man's? Can we can we like retire everything bad people have to say about Patrick Mahomes? After this game, like I, I don't, I don't care what happens next weekend. He's enthroned in my mind. If there's any team to do it, it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts because they'll hang a banner for anything. <laughs> help to cra- help to crown Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> help to anoint Patrick Mahomes the next one. Uh, he made some throws in that game, but I mean, he's just such a fun quarterback to watch. He um, is, and I know Jeremy's whole thing is like he looks at young quarterbacks and poo-poos them, but I, I mean, yeah, you were about to talk about his throws, and like, yeah, like that to me is proof more than anything that he's for real. Sure, and I don't, I, I've just really taken this like trek with football is like I just want to like watch football, whether or not it's like, yeah, whether or not it's like really Enjoy bad, it. yeah, whether or not it's really bad football, which can be enjoyable in the same way that like a really bad movie is enjoyable. Or if you're watching football and it's really good, like, i.e., I don't know, like the game of the year, Rams versus Chiefs on, you know, that Monday night. Either or, like, I just want to be entertained. And every time I watch Patrick Mahomes, I'm entertained because sometimes he's making those those throws like he made to Kelsey uh, against the Colts, or he's making some errant throws that, like, are totally interceptable passes, but they end up falling on the ground because he has, an, you know, 
He has the golden arm. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be entertained. There's there's going to be a lot of good quarterback play in this next round too. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get Brady versus Mahomes. You're gonna get Goff versus uh, monsters like <laughs> Arch Nemesis. Arch Nemesis. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. Dis- I am disappointed. The Eagles didn't move forward just because it means that I don't have another playoff game in the Coliseum, and I wanted to go, but because they were playing the Cowboys, tickets were like two hundred, like three hundred dollars. I was like, no, I'm good. Golf versus Brees is exciting though, because you know either Drew Brees wins and I get to like say it was because of screen passes, or Golf wins and I get to slander Drew Brees for another week. <laughs> Or whole off season. <laughs> oh, that's a win 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 prop for you. Wait, you I I want to get some more background on this. Like explain to people why you don't like Drew Brees. I just don't like the Saints. Like it's not, <laughs> is it, is it, it's, an, it's is it an offensive scheme thing or what? Like I just don't I'm, like the Saints. I just don't okay. like that team. So Drew Brees no, is I, their guy. So that's no. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I just wanted to know because like I, I am not above hating teams for petty reasons. I just want to know what it was. Yeah, not a Saints guy. Fair enough. I, I, I can't I can't not like the Saints because I think Alvin Kamara might be my favorite player not named Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. He's very fun on Twitter. And he's also very petty himself. <laughs> Speaking of petty, I want to move the Chargers back to San Diego after losing that game the way they did. I thought like for sure was... I, I thought for sure you were gonna segue into talking about Bryce Petty, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> why would I want to talk about I haven't thought about Bryce Petty since where's he played at Baylor like where yeah where's where Petty he? I'm gonna google him <laughs> is he yeah. still with the Jets he's not he can't still be with the Jets he can't be with the Jets what were you saying about the Chargers Chris this is my fault like okay <laughs> no it's fine I, I like it when you throw me off my game like this but like I felt like the Chargers wasted my time and I'm not just saying that because I wanted an LA versus LA Super Bowl I was rooting for that forever but for the Chargers to just come out here and just lay such a stinker out there against the Patriots is just so depressing because it opens up the way for everyone to start, uh, you know, lionizing the Patriots again. And I just can't tolerate that at this point. I can't tolerate the idea that they might, you know, win over the Chiefs and present us with another boring Super Bowl with the Patriots. I'm tired. Like at, at this point, like this is this is to me is the greatest proof that football can't be scripted like pro wrestling like some people apparently think that because like we're all tired of the patriots every last person on earth outside of like massachusetts is tired of the patriots and, and everybody and everybody on earth outside of massachusetts is sick of massachusetts so yeah i mean just just in general like and like i thought the chargers were good this year like i really did i thought i i was sitting out here talking about how good philip rivers was that if he had played in New York, he would be much more lauded as a quarterback. And, you know, I thought, you know, Melvin Gordon was struggling a bit, but, you know, maybe he's got something in it. And, like, he's got some decent receivers out there to play with for Phillip Rivers. And they just, just, they just stunk up the joint. They just stunk up the joint. And, like, there's no reason for me to even think about <laughs> the Chargers, an L.A. team, an L.A. team now, they they want to be an L.A. team and they want to go out there and just waste people's time. Like, that's it. Like, people accuse L.A. of not being a good sports town. L.A. L.A. is like anywhere else in that you better be good or else you're just wasting our time, wasting people's times. And like the Chargers were good this year. I think they were like, what, eighth in defense. They were eighth in defensive DVOA as well. Like they were they were a good, solid team. 
and uh yeah like to go up there and just not even be competitive for like three quarters of football is just inexcusable that was the patriots had like i know like we hate them but that was probably like the best performance i've seen from a football team this season no that's that's probably that was incredible that was the best game i think they've played all year that was the game i think anyone's played like that was like it was it reminded me like clemson alabama where it was just like playing against a very good team just dismantled them they beat them in every phase of the game like there's not a single unit on the chargers that looked better than their counterpart on the patriots like that was disgusting and it's scary because i don't want them to win the super bowl again but it really looks like they're going to I don't even want them to play in the Super Bowl again. I want the Chiefs to be there. Like, that's the thing. That I even have to entertain this and that we have to now talk about Patrick Mahomes' legacy versus playing Tom Brady and once again devolve football into a quarterback versus quarterback contest just makes me sick. And that's where I am. That's that's why I just, I, I guess that was the one I watched the most uh, because, like, I think I, I watched a lot of Chiefs and Rams, but I kind of checked out on those, but I was waiting for the Chargers to show me anything and they didn't so so typical of Chargers teams yeah yeah it was so perfectly Chargers so of the teams remaining who do you trust the most right now oh I I don't like that question I mean I like it because it's putting me <laughs> out of my comfort zone and the only question I wanted to answer is which team do I want to win but I mean can you go against the numbers or the facts or the fact that the, like, you know, the Patriots are in their eighth AFC championship game in a row. I hate it. I, I don't know. Like logically you cannot trust any team more than the Patriots in this situation. Like they've been here, they've done it before. There's no Joe Flacco. I don't mean that's ever been positive for the other team. I was going to say, that's not an indictment on Patrick Mahomes because I would never slander his name. But, I mean, it, it, if if there's any team that I'm going to trust in this round, it's going to be the Patriots. And surprisingly enough, I think according to 538, like they have the uh, they have the lowest chance of making the Super Bowl or they did like going into the into the um, into the playoffs and look at where they are now. It's because no one can win at Arrowhead. but. There's one team you can trust to win at Arrowhead. It's the team that just like look like a high school team because the Chargers are really good and the Patriots just obliterated them. And in like, I think it's gonna be like the coldest game in the history of Arrowhead Stadium. I think everything's just like coming up Patriots, and it it sucks that <sighs> they're probably the team to beat again. I really, I really think the Super Bowl winner is gonna be an AFC team. I don't think you it's think gonna so. be an NFC team. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be an NFC yeah. team. I, I, it's gonna I. Be Rams. I'm really I that game is the game I think I'm struggling with the most. Like I'm I'm ready to just say that the Patriots are going to win the the game against the Chiefs because like I said betting money is is just very sound there but in that NFC game I I, th- I think the Rams are going to win just because their defense is is what their defense is but from everything I've read about what the Saints were able to do in the second half against the Eagles defense granted that's Nick Foles and I can't believe we're having discussions about whether or not the oh Eagles need God. to keep Nick Foles or Carson Wentz <laughs> yeah I don't know why we're having that discussion too they should clearly keep Foles <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> Stop. obviously I, no joking. brainer uh but I, I don't I I just I, I don't know who's defense I, I think the team that wins that game is going to be the team that has the better defense that day. 
I know that sounds like a cliche, but I swear to God, it wasn't. Can we talk was about speaking of cliche? Speaking of cliches, I do like the idea that we've kind of destroyed the notion of defense wins championships, considering that. So what is it? So looking at DVOA, I know that's not the best thing, and people will point to counting numbers to say that there's good defenses in this, but New Orleans was 11th. Uh, let's see, New England is 16th. The Rams are 19th, which shocks me, considering that we all consider them to be have a good defense, and Kansas City is 26th. Like, there's no top 10 DVOA defense in the playoffs anymore. And there were to start. Like, Chicago was number one. Baltimore was three. Uh, the Chargers were eight. Houston was seventh. Well, they're all gone. Are they not? Hmm? And they all, they all crashed out, too. All the good defensive teams. Oh, yeah. The, like they, they didn't just lose. They, like, they lost when they, oh, they, yeah, tenth, they yeah. got killed. They cratered. Yeah, they Dallas was uh, ninth as well. Like, yeah, there were a lot of top 10 teams in these playoffs as far as defense. They got all smoked. Good I thing like the NFL. I, I was going to say, good thing Matt Patricia is focusing on running the ball and playing defense. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, the, clearly the winning formula for a Super Bowl team. I mean, on one hand, I don't want to take too much from just one series of playoffs, but it is kind of telling of where the league is going. That and the fact that you could just need to look like Sean McVay or have kissed his hand at some point for someone to give you a head coaching job like the Cardinals did with Cliff Kingsbury. Didn't even know McVay. He just looks like him. Or even just like <laughs> take a take a take a dump in like a John adjacent to him. Like I, mm-hmm. I probably use the same roads as McVay because he lived in Ashburn when he coached in Washington. So oh, I think he should get you the me, job. Yeah, that makes you eligible for Lions offensive coordinator job, right? Probably like an McVay offensive assistant. Now. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster, this 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 podcast drops and you're hired somewhere. Like Basically. so long, mm-hmm. so long, so long, deputy editor. <laughs> hello, hello, running backs coach somewhere. Basically. Okay, I know you. I know you can't pick it, but NFC NFC championship. Like, how, what do what do you even look for in that? Like, I, Jared just, Goff. See, that's that's this is all funny to me with the Rams because like before that game. Like there were people on LA radio asking if Sean McVay should be back as head coach if he doesn't win like you know a playoff game. And speaking of cliches to bust, I don't. I think that if anything busts the idea that like coaches have ceilings. But you know, but I mean, okay. Well, let me get back on topic. I'm sorry. I'm I'm distracted here. Why Jared Goff, Mansur? Why do I think Jared Goff is a Super Bowl, or why do I like Jared Goff? Which, what I, I guess, I, I mean, I, I should just pose that question to you in a vacuum. Why Jared Goff? Okay. Explain the Jared Goff thing. Okay. Okay. So in 2016, we had this dumb group chat where we talk about draft Twitter stuff and we anointed Jared Goff as our guy. And in the 2016 football season, he was very clearly not the guy. He sucked and was one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. But we were like, you know what? No, we're going to, we're going to stick to the Goff five. He's still our guy. And he was really good in 2017. So he like, the prophecy came true. He was the best quarterback out of that draft class. And now he's going to win the Super Bowl. So I'm a Rams fan now. You're a Rams fan now. I, so that's, oh. that's the Jared Goff story. See, I wasn't so even the just one like... Pride I... Detroit, sorry, the one pride Detroit guy wasn't from LA or doesn't like never lived in LA is the Rams fan. No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the Rams bandwagon right now, too, like, because I honestly think, like, they're the one team doing it right. If you come back to L.A. just to be a football team here, I'm not even saying that just because they're winning, but, like, I don't know, just 
something about them playing the Coliseum endears them to me. Ryan, who do you have in the NFC game? Uh, I'm going to take the Rams. And the only reason I'm going to take the Rams is because Aaron Donald is the MVP of the league. Yeah. I, I will, I will give it. you that. This is being played in New Orleans, though. Like, I mean, none of you fear the home field advantage for the New Orleans Saints. This is going to be the best game of the weekend, FYI. You think so? Yeah. One of two. It's not. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not going to be. It's not even going to be close, though. Like I, I truly, I truly think I could envision the Patriots game being like a a redux of what happened last week against the Chargers. I really do. Hopefully not the way of the page of the of the Patriots winning though. I mean, Ugh. I'm telling you, Chris. I just got I got I'm a bad so feeling. I got a bad feeling about this. I got a I'm bad so feeling about, about this. this. I hate. I hate even thinking about the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. Like, it, if there's there's nothing more powerful to kill my will to watch the Super Bowl than the Patriots coming back. You're not the only one. I know. I know. <laughs> Any other notes from the playoffs before we move on to the mailback? Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, but that's it. For Stop me. it. Stop it. <laughs> Mail time, hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in as we kind of wind down a rather sickly sounding podcast for myself, at least. Shouldn't put that juju on everyone else, but we will get to the mail um, answer. I, I, do you want a silly question or, li- or a draft question first? Let's go draft first. All right, sure. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I've got a question here from June at AV King James. Which SEC-based defensive lineman are we most excited to draft in the first round of the tw- uh, in 2019? Um, Quinnen Williams is probably the best player in the draft, but he might go number one overall from the defensive tackle from Alabama, Quinn Williams. So I guess Josh Allen, the defensive end from Kentucky, he might fall to eight. And I would love to have him. He's an amazing pass rusher. He's exactly what the Lions need. So he's, I guess Josh Allen would be the answer because we aren't getting Quinn Williams, but Quinn Williams is amazing. Wait, Josh Allen? Uh, not, not that Josh Allen, different oh, Josh okay. Allen. Okay, Kentucky. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Were you confused there, Ryan, or no? I was not confused. Okay. That was cool. lock in step. Of course you I'm, were. I am your draft connoisseur. Well, do you want a draft question, a Lions question, or a silly question? I want a silly question because this is where I like to have fun. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see here. Actually, let's, let's, let's get you... John Whitaker is sending us questions again. That's why I am huffing right now. <laughs> what are you huffing? Never mind. Robert Zaglinski, <laughs> friend of the show, asking us, rank these fast food items served on silver platter with detailed reasoning. 
<laughs> McDonald's quarter pounders, McDonald's salad, fillet of fish, and steamed hams. Uh, steamed hams is equiv- unequivocally number one because that's a that's a deep Simpsons cut. Um, I don't know why you'd be serving McDonald's salads on platters because unless they're all still in the plas- like plastic containers, which if you're as big as a rube as somebody who would do such a thing as what you're... <laughs> as what you're proposing here i'm assuming they probably are all in plastic containers can still because you want to keep them all isolated so um hmm. i don't know it's still going to put those last but what the quarter pounders and what else am i missing uh filet of fish, fish. oh yeah. filet of fish is a really close second to steamed hams um just because i remember being pescatarian for about uh about eight months and uh that was the only thing i could get from mcdonald's I mean, yeah, I, I need those things during Lent as it is. They're tasty. They're ta- I, I actually ate them before I ate McDonald's hamburgers just because I never liked red meat when I was a kid. I'm trying They're to like stay my off. favorite food. I'm yeah. trying to stay off the red meat completely, and I think I might be heading to McDonald's to pick up two of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we're all killing ourselves with this right now, aren't we? John Whitaker wanted to ask about McDonald's too, or more specifically when the Lions win a Super Bowl and visit the White House, which fast food restaurant would you want to cater the event? McDonald's. For me at least. McDonald's for you? Yep. Hmm. Um, I feel like I have a better answer for this, but I'm not sure what it would be. Jack in the I mean, box? I I'd be there for Jack. You get such variety with Jack in the box. That's the thing. I'm getting like a nice. Got, got, I'm getting a nice piece of American cheese melted over my tacos. Yeah, you get you get those Ameri- <laughs> You get those tacos. They've got mini churros. They've got breakfast burritos. They've got uh, what else? They've got like nacho tacos. They've got these loaded fries now. They got chicken sandwiches. They're doing panitos right now. Just turkey subs. <laughs> like they they've got they've got everything right now. Like that's it. Like you get so much variety with Jack in the Box, man. So much yeah. variety. Yeah, you can literally get whatever you're craving at Jack in the Box, which really worries me about eating there. Um, just because there's too much potential for something to go wrong with that. But one thing I've noticed about Michigan recently is a lot of Del Tacos are opening up, and I've never eaten at a Del Taco. You're not missing much. Okay. We used to have them in Toledo. I was not a fan. That's a bummer. When I was working a carpentry job, I had some guys who were like really obsessed with Del Taco and would start getting that over Taco Bell. And every time I had it, I'm just like, you know what? This is a nice change of pace, but I'm just going to go back to Taco Bell before long. Apparently, I need to try this fresco menu. Have any of you guys tried it? A what? There's like a fresco menu at Taco Bell. Is that like an off the menu thing? thing? Uh, I don't know. I, I just saw it referenced by somebody on Twitter who was swearing hmm. by it. Maybe next time I'm there, I'll ask about it. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of it. I mean, me being in L.A., I mean, I might as well just get five guys delivered. Oh, check it out. The Fresco menu. I mean, not five each... guys in and out. Yeah. Ooh, five, five guys sounds really good right now. Um, That's, uh, yeah. Each item on the Fresco menu has 350 calories or less than under 10 grams of fat. Plus, you can order hmm. any item Fresco style and Taco Bell will will replace the cheese, creamy sauce, the sour cream, and or guacamole with pico de gallo. So it's hmm. healthy-ish. So it's, it's, taking, it's taking the things you love about Taco Bell and, and throwing it in the dumpster. And throwing it in the trash. 
<laughs> like everything masking the taste of not actually beef. Every, every everything but you get your powdered beef still. Powdered <laughs> beef byproduct. I'm sorry, Taco Bell is now suing us because we now have to call it like all natural beef or whatever. <laughs> as long as we're getting checks. <laughs> we got a nice. Jack in the Box sponsor though. Yeah, you know what? I've been pumping Jack a lot right now. I've got to say, I haven't seen a dime yet. Let's cut some checks. Come on, let's go. We need a new sponsor. And I need a taco. Mm. You guys don't get Jack in the Boxes in Michigan, though, do you? No, we don't. That, that was apparently the thing. Like, they had kind of like a Chipotle incident before Chipotle had their incident where, like, Jack in the Box was spreading. They had some, like, food poisoning incident. Now they've kind of, like, retreated back to the West Coast, and it's very disappointing. Yeah, I don't know if it was some kind of really bad E. coli breakout or something, but yeah, if it was something with meat, I thought I remember something about Jack in the Box maybe using horse meat. Wait, what? <sighs> I would not. Well, <laughs> a, I would not be surprised, especially for the tacos. B, I don't know. I, I know some friends who have tried horse before. It's actually not that bad. I wouldn't Apparently be very super lean. upset about it. Apparently in 1981, horse meat labeled as beef was discovered at a food maker plant that supplied hamburger and taco meat to Jack in the Box. Okay, so oh, it's just okay. Look, man, horse is good. It's just that we have a lot of people who really like horses, and the idea of you know eating a horse is apparently verboten. You go to Canada, yeah. you can get horse meat, though. Yeah, right. I'm getting the energy and spirit of sea biscuit in my in my taco. <laughs> <laughs> it's like venison. Same thing. This is off All the rails. Right. This is complete. We've gone completely off the rails. I'm glad we got into the silly stuff. All right. Harry Mraz asking us another silly question. This is the one I get to pick. Would you take this deal with the devil? Lions win the Super Bowl next year in exchange for Africa being replaced by Margaritaville for the <laughs> remainder of the Lions' existence. Why not? You know what? Because it is Honolulu Blue, I would take that. I would make it work. We made Africa work. Pride of Detroit made Africa by Toto work before Toto by Africa by Toto was a thing in 2018. We can make Margaritaville work. I mean, we take take it even further back. I think we were making Africa work back in what, 2016? 2016 was when it started up, yep. Yeah. So I mean Africa was our thing before it was anybody else's thing, and that's a fact, Jack. But that's uh, a fact. Yeah, I, I would absolutely make that trade in a heartbeat. And I would make sure that, you know, you know, black jack no trade backs. I'm trying to work in the jack word as much as possible. <laughs> I'm really trying for that sponsorship. I mean, if we're going to lean into using any kind of suburbanite song, is there something that you could use with more irony and more just kind of sarcasm than Margaritaville? I posit you cannot. I would love to see a lot of younger people out there who are Lions fans just suddenly trying to sing <laughs> Margaritaville. Talking about searching for their lost shaker of salt or whatever, the, whatever the, what was going on. And that's, I don't know. My dad was a parrot. My dad's a parrot head. And uh, I had to listen to too much Jimmy Buffett growing up. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about the shaker of salt getting lost, but I mean, that what does song, that even mean? I don't know. That song, I, because salt on the rim of a margarita. I know, I, know, I know, but it, it's, that's it. I, is that really it? Is it? I that has to, I are you are you really asking me whether or not there's some high level <laughs> thinking going on in the lyrics to Margaritaville? I, I do, I do, because it's almost too simple. I have to figure out what's going on. 
Brian, isn't like it's the perfect English teacher thing to take like the smallest of symbolism and turn it into like a deep seated metaphor for all of humanity? It's probably <laughs> not. It's probably thing? a woman. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not super into like the the dramatic principle of like Chekhov's saying, gun, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm no, but I'm just saying. I I think I think Jimmy Buffett would totally like that line is so simplistic. I think Jimmy Buffett was totally going on a Hemingway kick. You know, with Hemingway, much like with Hemingway being obsessed with like bullfighting or whatever, Jimmy Buffett was was thinking like, yeah, this shows that I am deep and cultured man thinking about, you know, margaritas as something, you know, more more than just margaritas. I I cannot believe you just put Hemingway and Jimmy Buffett in the same sentence. <laughs> because Hemingway's trash, too. OK. Oh, All man. right. What is Hemingway, right? You don't you don't need to worry about him. Wait. All right. Farewell to arms in our time. Nothing I read. For whom the bell tolls. A lot of good stuff. For whom the bell tolls is a Metallica song. <laughs> Sir, this is a Metallica album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bob asking us, this is pretty much our last Lions question here before we just get into more silly stuff. What's better, trading for AB or signing Humphreys? Drafting a cornerback or si- All right, I'm just going to take one of these. I'm sorry. He's got like several different ones here. Uh, I think we've talked about Antonio Brown enough. I don't know why it's so funny when people bring up that either or proposition of should the Lions trade for Antonio Brown? a Hall of Fame wide receiver in the prime of his career, <laughs> or should they Adam sign Humphreys. Adam freaking Humphreys? <laughs> like, there, there, are, like what? There, are, there are five Adam Humphreys waiting to be drafted in the 2019 NFL draft. We can find Adam Humphreys in the fifth round. Why would we? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. He, his other ones here then are draft a cornerback or sign Callahan. I don't... I would rather have Bryce Callahan, but Bryce Callahan isn't with the Lions. You don't outside corner. I think Nevin Lawson, if they decide to keep him, can play nickel corner. He wouldn't be like elite, but he would be serviceable, unlike how he is outside. So Callahan is an amazing player that I would love to bring in Detroit. But paying for him doesn't make sense. Yeah, especially if Quandu Diggs and Tracy Walker are going to be on the field at the same time. They both like can play more nickel. Walker can play more of the like the um, deep safety role we don't need to splash on a nickel we need outside corner well here i i like i like the last two ones he scenarios he's got draft a tight end or sign cook Cook. draft edge or sign flowers or clowny i'd take clowny to be honest but that's me i'd draft an edge just to be cheap i guess yeah, I mean that—that's the one thing, right? Clowney, I think, would command a lot of money right now. He's going to break the bank, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Lions are in break or any kind of team that breaks the bank anymore. I hope not. No, I. Hmm. So I'm over here wasting away in Margaritaville. Oh my god! <laughs> you haven't worked in Jack to it yet, though. Oh, dude, now Adam Schefter is literally reporting that the Bears won't rule out pursuing Kareem Hunt. 
That's not even something we're talking about in the podcast. No, we got nothing about Kareem Hunt. No. Okay, because yeah, that that's that's odd. That shouldn't happen. But yeah, <sighs> Josh Harrington. Josh Harrington, should we be surprised or concerned by the seeming lack of movement in hiring the new offensive coordinator? I mean, I think we explained that pretty well earlier. Like, it's just that the big three names available have all kind of gone off the board, and it's not like there's, it's not like there's too many other names out there right now. Chad. <laughs> We're going to sign Chad. <laughs> uh, why do I do this? All right, got one more question for you. Paul Kirian, which character from the Smash Brothers roster would you pick to fill a hole on the Lions roster? Feel free to hmm. assume if the character has access to any of their special powers. Greninja would be an incredible cornerback. He's really, really fast. His tongue gives him good like ver- long reach and stuff. Good, good vertical. vertical. Yeah, good vertical, yeah. He, um... Like, he also, like, he's very, like, his tongue gives him long reach, and he also, like, can use it. He has good reflexes. That's the word I was going for. So, like, he can make a perfect play on the ball. So, yeah, Greninja as corner two would be perfect. I know he's a little big for an edge rusher, but, like, Bowser is very fast, and he breathes fire. He has bend. Mm. He's also got a spiky shell. Yeah, too. Hard to block him. Mm Mm-hmm. You almost want to, you could slide him interior on the line too, if you really want to stuff the run. He's got versatility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bowser at edge. I have not played Super Smash Brothers, the new one, at least. I don't have Nerd. a switch. It, feel, it feels like broken here. If everything feels broken right now. Are we just like exhausted right now? I'm cold because I still have not turned on the heat in my apartment yet. Why have you not turned on the heat on your apartment? Because it feels like broken here. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at... I am Brian Shepard. I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N-S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.